got to give credit where credit is due. The NFL has done uh, an amazing job in terms of, like you said, understanding the why the NFL is moving in the right direction. Uh, the Senior Bowl may have been the most critical event uh, that we have been able to have this year. What is going on, Vikings fans? It is episode number 82 of the Minnesota Vikings podcast. It's Chris Corso here, and I'm joined, as always, by Vikings.com's Gabe Henderson and, of course, producer Jay Nelson, bringing you all things Minnesota Vikings. We're really excited today. It was a big-time news day uh, at the TCO Performance Center. Vikings general manager Rick Spielman addressed the media so there is a lot to break down, including the tough decision that needed to be made for tight end Kyle Rudolph after a decade, number 82, is no longer a member of the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, the Vikings and Rudolph parted ways on Tuesday, and definitely a lot to break down there. So with that, I bring in Gabe Henderson, who had the opportunity to interview a very special former Viking this week. Uh, that'll be later on in the show. So, Gabe, why don't you start out by introducing that interview and uh, kind of what it was all about? Hussein Abdullah, former safety for the Vikings, had an opportunity uh, to sit down and talk to him about his career with the Vikings. Spent four years here uh, back in 2008 um, and then took a year off and then played for the Chiefs for three years. And we more so talked about that year off in between because he took a year off like pretty much at the prime of his career. and. It's unique um, hearing the reasons why. Of course, he's a practicing Muslim, and there is a lot of emphasis behind that in this conversation and, you know, some of the things that he believes and why he believes it. And I asked him, you know, would you still do it again? And he says, absolutely. So it, it was a great conversation, and we talked, you know, just some things post-career. So it, I think it's a treat. I think it's a treat. He's a guy with a, a lot of knowledge, and I don't think I can talk anymore without, first and foremost, thanking Jay for setting this up. Um, Jay is the, the the magician behind all of, a lot of these interviews. So Jay, thank you for setting this up. Hussein Abdullah, phenomenal human being, phenomenal person. I think he's going to have a phenomenal future uh, with whatever he puts his mind to. So it was a great conversation with Hussein. And I'm looking forward to you guys listening to this later in the show. Yeah, thanks, Gabe, for the intro to that. Like I said, a jam-packed show ending with that awesome interview um, with the Viking safety. Uh, we talked about some of the newsworthy things. Obviously, the top newsworthy story of the week for the Vikings, tight end Kyle Rudolph, was officially released by the Minnesota Vikings Tuesday afternoon, as I previously said, ending his decade-long season career with the team. We know he's a fan favorite. We know all the things that he's done in the community. Absolutely unbelievable. Um, a Vikings Man of the Year candidate multiple times. So I'm throwing it to Jay, who's been with the Vikings for over a decade coming up on hopefully two decades here. What was it like just going through the last decade with Kyle Rudolph um, covering the events on the field, off the field? And uh, I think it's been a really positive um, kind of experience for the Vikings and Kyle since the departure on Tuesday. And uh, everyone's kind of been talking about the good times rather than focusing on, on how the split just happened. Yeah, I think, it, it, you know, Rick kind of brought it up just a tiny bit in his press conference too, saying – one of the things about this is the the business side and and sometimes that you know gets in the way of the personal side and i guess if you look at the way the organization Kyle coach Zimmer 
uh, Kirk Cousins, everybody across the board, especially social media wise last night, everything was glowing saying thank you and we appreciate everything that you've done. Great player, even better human being. And, um, you know, being the resident old guy here, it, it's always interesting to me now when I see these guys come in when they're, you know, fresh faces out of college and kind of how they're maybe sometimes a little more quiet and reserved and not as loquacious at times when you're trying to get an interview and a sound bite and you start to think about it and you're like yeah this is a college kid coming out where yeah he came from a big time program in Notre Dame and he had a lot of accolades growing up but still this is somebody who's trying to figure out going to your pro career what's it going to be like and then to see 10 years later on sound bites podcasts radio tv uh, Masonic Children's Hospital and, and working with the University of Minnesota and just as outgoing and gregarious and and just a good human being that that he's at least been in his time here for the last 10 years, I think it really shows in how everyone across the board tends to feel right now. And, and there's the sadness of losing him after having him be a part of the Viking family for the last decade. At the same point, I don't think anyone at this point expects for his career to be over. So it's going to be one of those situations, kind of like it was with the Jared Allen or whatever, that you just look at it and say, we loved having him here. He's still a part of the Vikings family, even though he might finish out his career someplace else. But at the same point, you can root for them unless they're playing the purple squad. So it's it's cool to see, you know, what we got out of him for the last 10 years and that relationship that we've built. And I have a hard time believing that that's the last we're going to hear of Kyle Rudolph here in, in uh, TCOPC and at U.S. Bank Stadium. So it'll be uh, it, it'll be interesting to see how all of this plays out. And, and if he does go someplace else, you know. Root for that. Root for those colors, except for on Vikings game days. And in normal Kyle Rudolph fashion, he writes a letter in the Players Tribune, um, just an awesome letter, kind of outlining everything that he's been through here in the Twin Cities. I mean, when you think about a second-round tight end at a University of Notre Dame in 2011, and you look at the things that he's accomplished here, um, doing things at the tight end position that have never been done in franchise history, catching the first ever touchdown pass at U.S. Bank Stadium in 2016. Obviously, the touchdown in the big-time playoff game in New Orleans from Kirk Cousins at the back of the end zone. I will never forget that. And uh, you can just go down the list of the moments that that were just amazing. I mean, being a Pro Bowl MVP uh, in the game early in his career, uh, it's just amazing. Uh, when you look at a second-round tight end draft pick, the things that were accomplished – um, by him. And, and then you just go down the list of the things off the field, uh, building the Kyle Rudolph end zone uh, in the uh, University of Minnesota Masonic Children's Hospital that you heard it from Vikings general manager Rick Spielman in the press conference this week, the things that he was able to do off the field as a guy who grew up in Cincinnati, Ohio, um, that made Minneapolis and the Twin Cities and, and the rest of the state home um, over a decade. It's, it really is phenomenal, Gabe. I, I know you spent um, only a year covering the Vikings with uh, Kyle Rudolph, but what were your overall just takeaways of covering him the last season and seeing him at the elder years um, of his time here with the Vikings? He was a pro's pro. I mean, he did everything the right way. He came in early, left late. Um, I had a couple opportunities to work with him on, you know, a few partnership deals and just he was always open with the audience and you know like you said you don't really get that from a lot of players somebody who is an open book so you can ask him a question he'll answer it he's not like a you know the the big name guy and I, I think the players tribune article that you alluded to is him 
in a nutshell, you know, he said, Minnesota, like, I'm, I'm not leaving. Like, this is where my kids were born. This is where I grew as a man. This is what I expect my future. This is where I plan to live after my playing career, even though it's not over. And there were, there were so many things that you can take away from Kyle, Kyle as, as a human being, uh, but I guess right now as a, as an NFL player. And he, he, he showed it, he demonstrated it. He was the model citizen. I remember just from talking to him um, when he was here last year, I always said, Hey, like you are Mr. Minnesota Viking. Like when you think of the Vikings, the first thing I think about is Kyle Rudolph and he did everything that he needed to do to prove that he, he's still a, a really good tight end and he's still going to be playing for, for years to come. So it was great to, to talk to him. Great to read his players tribune article where he said a lot of, positive thing. So I think the next big thing now that he said in our article is whoever gets his parking spot, make sure you take care of it. So that the next bet, whoever's the long, next longest tenure person up there, they're going to have that spot now. And Kyle, Kyle Rudolph, he, he said, a, <laughs> he kept the, 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 the lines painted white on, on the side. So he did a great job. Yeah. Gabe references uh, the fact that Kyle was talking about, he literally has the first parking spot um, for the players closest to the building at the TCO Performance Center because he's been with the team for so long uh, that the most tenured player gets that parking spot, which is very clutch in the Minnesota winters when it's like hmm. negative 20, which Gabe has finally learned uh, this winter here in the Twin Cities. So, uh, yeah, definitely a spot that will not be filled the same way um, with just, just what Kyle brings to the locker room and – and yeah, that that's what stands out. When I read that article in the in in the Players Tribune, when you see names like Steve Hutchinson and Adrian Peterson and Jared Allen, guys who like remind you of like the two thousands Vikings teams, and you say, "Man, Kyle Rudolph was a part of that team, and now he's still a part of the team with a Dalvin Cook and a Garrett Bradbury and and a Justin Jefferson and the and the players of the future." It's it's just amazing um, the amount of time that he's been with the organization, especially at the tight end position, you don't see that very often in the NFL. I mean, you look at a Rob Gronkowski, his career was cut short in new England um, with the injuries that he, that he went through at, at that position. So it's unbelievable what Kyle was able to do. It's unbelievable the, the length of time that he was here with the Vikings. And obviously it is absolutely extraordinary what he was able to do here in the twin cities off the field. So um, props to Kyle Rudolph, we, you hear the Ian Rappaports and the Mike Garofolos of the world on Vikings.com saying that they expect him to be picked up very soon um, by a different team in the NFL. So keep your eyes out for that. And, uh, yeah, this move helps the Vikings save $5.1 million in additional cap space for the team. So, uh, Jay, when you look at that and you hear Rick Spielman speak today, I think it's just the, the, the business decision that had to be made here as you look forward to a free agency, that's going to be absolutely insane this year. Yeah, there's a lot of factors and we kind of will address it a little bit later in the show too, but it's, it's between the salary cap still being somewhat unknown. Um, you've got some bigger name veterans who are making some higher end salaries that I think there were probably some calculations done pre pandemic when they signed them, that they were banking on, on uh, salary cap going up, not potentially down. So there's not only for us, I don't think this is just a Viking centric thing. I think there are other teams that are also in a similar boat and, and some of them 
way, way worse at this point. Um, but there's going to have to be some, some, as Rick says, tough business decisions made. And, um, you know, I just feel like this is one of those, it, it stinks to see it happen now at the same point. It's also a sign of respect. You're, you're trying to give these guys as much time as possible. You know, look at what just happened with JJ Watt, give them as much time as possible to pick where they want to be able to go on their own. Um, because like in our situation that we need to make the move and at the same point, give the player their respect so that they and their agent can run around and, and kind of choose where they want to go as well. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough business decision. I don't think um, this is the last of it, uh, not only on our team, but across the league. And as Rick said earlier in his presser, I think it's going to be a very active free agency period coming up here in the next couple of weeks. Absolutely. And that brings us right to um, a perfect little segment here that Jay has cut up. Um, he cut up three of the best, uh, most informational bites from Vikings general manager Rick Spielman's press conference on Wednesday. Uh, you can go down the list. I mean, he talked for about 28 minutes. So I think this is a good uh, way to kind of cover the main talking points of uh, the press conference on Wednesday. So we're going to start out, obviously, the Senior Bowl. Um, this year it was different than most years. Um, and Rick Spielman said the Senior Bowl was as critical as ever um, and a very important event in the Vikings offseason for the front office. Where we're at right now in our process, uh, we finished our initial draft meetings. Uh, just a couple things about the draft process. Uh, the Senior Bowl may have been the most critical event uh, that we have been able to have this year. It was the only time uh, that we were able to go down, uh, see these uh, players practice. Uh, the other thing that was extremely important was uh, the interview process. This will be the only chance we get to interview the players in person over a four-day period. Uh, there was five of us down there. Uh, we were able to interview 128 players. Uh, the other thing that was great about the Senior Bowl is that some of the players that opted out of the 2020 season, uh, they were down there so it's the first time you got a chance to see them uh, since the 19 film that you watched or uh, if you were watching them at all in 19. Uh, the other thing was there were a couple kids down there from smaller schools uh, who were not participating in the fall because their school wasn't going to play till this spring. So you had a couple kids down there that are that are very talented uh, that we got an opportunity uh, to see as well. Yeah, that's super interesting because the Senior Bowl is really not covered on a national level to the extent that um, these front office guys, the importance that they take out of it. And that's just putting it lightly because uh, it's one of the biggest events of the year when it comes to uh, the Vikings front office and all the front offices in the NFL, Gabe. So um, when you hear that from, from Rick Spielman in a year where the combine is not taking place um, at Lucas Oil Stadium, what, what does that mean to you of, of what the Vikings really were able to take out of the Senior Bowl this year? I think Rick, you know, hit it on the, on the head. He said they interviewed over 128 guys in four days. So they, they pretty much made the most out of their time in Alabama at the Senior Bowl. And I think, you know, for them to be able to have that time, for them to be able to spend that time with the prospects in person, um, I, I think that was crucial to, to their decision-making. I think the combine is only just a – the icing on the cake. Okay. Is this guy healthy? Because they'll, they'll most likely see some of these guys that they saw at the senior bowl at their pro day in between now and the combine. So the, the icing on the cake will be, you know, are they healthy and whatnot? But like you said, that senior bowl was critical, especially for some of the players that opted out last year. 
Um, I mean, we saw a lot of guys that didn't play. I mean, even some of the FCS guys that are playing right now that, I mean, of course, you know, FCS is starting back and started back last week, but there were guys who aren't playing this season that were at the senior bowl that didn't participate that the Vikings were able to interview. So they made the most out of their time. And I think that's going to play, pay huge dividend when it comes um, end of April. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's crazy that you're able to to do all that stuff at the senior bowl, senior bowl, but then the combine doesn't take place. And and the average football fan probably didn't know most of that because, like I said, the senior bowl really isn't covered at a national level at the way the combine is um, on NFL Network and all the different channels that that they're able to cover that. It's be, it's become such a big media event over the years, and obviously that's something that's missing this year. Uh, all the players who do their normal workouts – at the combine at the combine at Lucas Oil Stadium, they'll be doing it at their on-site college pro days this year. Um, so, a good chance for the Vikings front office to meet a lot of different players. And then, obviously, Rick Spielman talked about the players that they were able to meet who opted out of last season, um, who got to, got to be down there and work out and, and be a part of that weekend. So, um, really cool to hear that from Rick Spielman. And obviously, that brings us to the topic that is really upcoming, and that is the NFL free agency period. I am super excited for this from a national level to a team level for the Vikings to seeing what decisions are going to be made after this big Kyle Rudolph decision. I just think that the NFL free agency is one of the most fun times um, to be just to be a fan of, of the league and to see the way all these quarterbacks are going to start moving around. Like I guys, I, I could, we can talk for days about that kind of stuff. So let's hear what the general manager has to say about this year's free agency. You know, the other thing I'll just mention quickly is, you know, as we're watching this UFA process, it's going to be an interesting dynamic on the uh, players getting cut as well. There's already been some significant players cut. I think it's going to be a very active market this year, which I'll get into in a minute. You know, just a situation yesterday uh, with Kyle Rudolph, who not only has been an outstanding football player here and helped us win many games, but even more importantly, what he's done and what an impact him and his wife Jordan have had out in the community. I know our ownership uh, group has reached out and talked to Kyle as well, and just to let him know how much he meant to us. Um, but uh, we still got a lot of work to do. Uh, we're still in the process, but I think I have a pretty good sense right now uh, before free agency kicks off here in a couple weeks, where the strengths of the draft are, where the strengths of free agency is, and how we're going to kind of roadmap and, and, and fill as many needs as we possibly can. So it's been widely reported um, throughout the NFL that the salary cap will be going down um, this year rather than going up like it has a majority of the last five years or so um, for the league. So that's usually helped teams out like the Vikings and Rob Brzezinski, the salary cap wizard um, when it comes to fitting in certain contracts that needed to be fit in. And obviously that is not the case this year. And I think when you have a guy like Rick Spielman, who is really throughout my time here, at least in the past five or so years, he's really, his mindset has been constructing the roster through the draft and constructing it through developing your own guys um, from the defenses of, of Eric Kendricks and Daniel Hunter and Anthony Barr and um, all the players that he was able to develop over his time here um, alongside Mike Zimmer and the Vikings coaching staff. I think it's got to be a real positive in a year like this year where the Vikings are probably a little strapped when it comes to the salary cap, as Rick kind of mentioned multiple times 
um, throughout the the press conferences uh, over the past couple weeks. And Jay, I'm just going to throw this to you. Kind of, what do you think the blend is going to be for the Vikings front office, just from a developing through the draft and adding through the draft, but also adding uh, through this year's free agency? I think we've seen over the last couple of years, we've had what double digit draft picks kicking out uh, that we've been selecting. And yeah, so like we've been trying to develop, um, you know, getting there, there's always the cyclical nature of the whole thing where you have your, your senior veteran leadership. You've got a, a group of players who tend to leave through free agency because, you know, you, it's not Pokemon. You can't keep them all. And it's it's one of those things where I I, I think it's. I think the hardest part for for fans to understand is there are these salary cap restraints. Um, and, and a lot of times there are talented players that you just, you can't keep. And this year being one of those weird seasons, like you said, that there was the plan of having more money instead of less. And this is just the way it's shaken out. And like I said earlier, it, it's not just us. There's a lot of teams that are in this boat for us. What I think it means is, you know, probably you're, high-priced, high-ticket first day or first week free agent signings um, with a lot of the big names that get these fat contracts. I just, I don't necessarily see that being an option. Um, again, this isn't necessarily my realm. This is where Rob Brzezinski and Spielman and these guys get get compensated handsomely in order to understand and have a, a roadmap and a plan. And, you know, God knows these guys have been, guys and gals have been working on this stuff for at least the last year when they kind of saw the writing on the wall when the pandemic happened. So I, I personally, I feel like when it comes to free agency that we're probably going to, you know, we always dip our toe in the water and we try to grab a couple of supplemental pieces, especially in some of these areas that we've talked about for a while now too, that there's some deficiencies, but it might not necessarily be the big splashy name on the front end. So I just think as a fan, be patient and uh, understand that these, these people have worked on a plan as far as what they want to happen and what they think is going to happen. And then on top of that, you're going to see, like Rick alluded to a little bit, you're probably going to see some some big name players across the league, period, who are, are going to be made available. And then you have to look at it from their perspective. Do you want to go through and sign a, a, a big contract right now? Or do you take the, the smaller contract for a year and bank on the fact the salary cap will go up next season? And then you go and strike and try to, you know, get that longer contract. So there's going to be a lot of calculated risks for teams. There's going to be calculated risks for players. And I think there's going to be a very, very, very interesting free agency period coming up here in the next month. I think um, Rick hit it right on the head. He says <clears throat> he thinks some of those top name guys, like while there will be a lot of players getting cut, some of those top name guys will still get top money this year. He's worried about that middle class, the guys that aren't the superstars. Like, are they going to sign, you know, one year contracts and then make a, take a bet on themselves to get extended um, in year two? Or are they going to stay with a team or reduce or restructure or just agree to not come to terms and find another team? There, there's a lot of things to weigh this year. And, Jay, you, you hit it right on the head. Yeah, it almost brings me to, like, the free agency period in the MLB when you have some of these players. I mean, you could make, like, an absolute free agency team um, of players that could start on other teams in the league, like – Last year, it took some of these guys so long um, to, to be able to sign with, with MLB teams, and they ended up having a free agent spring training last year, um, obviously with everything that was going on with COVID and, and some of the disagreements between the owners and the players and stuff like that. So uh, definitely something, something to track in the NFL. Uh, we are in uncharted waters here, to say the least, when it comes to the pandemic, when it comes to the salary cap. 
uh, going down and when it comes to a lot of things that are, that are happening this off season. So um, definitely as a fan of the league and, and as a fan of the Vikings, stay tuned to what is going on on all levels um, of the free agency, especially with the quarterback carousel uh, that has been going on already um, to see Matt Stafford in an LA Rams Jersey is not something that I, I don't think any Vikings fan is used to at this point. Um, so let's hear what Rick Spielman has to say about the salary cap and what's happening there. This year is going to be a little bit more unique uh, from a challenge standpoint on the cap and where the salary cap is. You know, a lot of the deals that we have done or had put in place were pre-COVID or pre-pandemic. So as we've always talked about, we've been planning out you know, not only for what the cap would be in 20, but what the cap would be in potentially 21 and 22 as we move forward. Well, I don't think anyone predicted the uh, situation where we even thought about the cap going the opposite way. And, you know, it started out at, at the minimum of, uh, I think the floor was 175 million. It got bumped up to 180 million. I don't know where the final cap number is going to be yet. I know the NFL and the, uh, NFL Pierre still working through that, uh, but I know at least we're working off the 180 cap number right now, uh, which is the floor. Uh, and we're going to have to be very creative this year. Um, you know, we're going to have to uh, make a lot of tough business decisions. And so that process is getting started this week and next week. Uh, you know, normally I'm down at the combine and we're getting an opportunity to, to talk to all the, uh, or the, the players agents down there. Uh, this, you know, is over by phone or by zoom or whatever we have to do this year, but that process is, uh, is, is getting started. The one thing I can tell you from our ownership group standpoint, even though we didn't have fans and the cap has gone down and the revenues have gone down this year. Our ownership is fully committed to giving us the resources necessary to try to go out and do what we have to do to improve this football club. They've never hesitated once uh, on not uh, us being aggressive in our approach going forward. Uh, this process is always a moving target like it is every year. Uh, there will be some different and unique challenges this year, uh, especially with the cap and how we're going to work around some of our cap issues, but I know uh, the creativity that, and Rob Brzezinski is one of the best in the business as we sit there and lay out our financial planning along with our ownership. Um, I know it's, uh, we're going to be able to still go out there and, and hopefully do uh, some things to improve our ball club. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty amazing when you hear a general manager of an NFL team say that we weren't expecting this salary cap to be at this point um, this year. And, and that's something that Rick Spielman always brings up in his draft press conferences, his offseason press conferences. Um, him and, and uh, Rob Brzezinski have been tracking what they thought uh, that the salary cap would be from a five-year perspective, from a three-year perspective to obviously the next year. Um, they didn't expect – for the salary cap to go down, um, I guess a, a little over a year ago, you wouldn't have known that the salary cap would have gone down because of what has gone on with the pandemic and, and what a year it was for the NFL. So, Gabe, when you hear that from from Rick Spielman, what, what's your instant reaction? Like, it's just like, like I said before, we're in absolutely uncharted waters in the NFL. I think it forces them to to be creative. They they've got to get creative with how they attack this year. I mean. 
every everybody has had to adjust. I mean, he made a good comment earlier. It's like, you know, adjusting isn't a surprise anymore. So this is just another adjustment in the process. So they're, they're process-driven people. I, I just think this, this time of the year now will have to be more so trying to figure out, all right, what is best for our team with what we have right now? And um, I, I think it's, it's kind of a life lesson. All you can do is control what you can control, and you just take that and run with it. I mean, it's, it is what it is at this point. You, you plan for the worst and hope for the best. Yeah, that's a really good point. Like, you can only do so much when everything is changing around you. Um, from fans not being in the stands and the home field advantage that the Vikings didn't have this year, obviously being uh, three and five at home this year, that was something that the Vikings front office did not plan for. Um, this will be another big thing that they did not plan for, Jay. So kind of what's your overall takeaway from just hearing that bite? I mean, you cut these bites, and I, th- I think you did a really good job of cutting three bites that pretty much summarize what an NFL front office is going through at this point in the offseason of the 32 teams in the league does anyone want to take a guess as to how many of them have five million dollars or less in cap space available 25 i'd say i'm gonna say like 18 15 you both uh lost on the prices right rules <laughs> like i said plan for the worst hope for the best i mean here's the thing you've got the there's a, a the double digit cap space above Starts with the Cardinals, goes to the Bucks, Niners, Texans, a bunch of teams that way. But the ones that are are on riding on that bubble in the middle, you've got the Seahawks with three and a half million, the Titans with one point six, the Giants have four hundred and eighty six thousand dollars, the Bears have two hundred thirty three thousand dollars, and then the Bills are a million in the hole. We're at five million in the hole, and and then Raiders, Lions, Packers, Steelers, Falcons, Chiefs, Rams, Eagles, Saints. All of those teams are all under the salary cap right now, like th- that are they're they're underwater in the salary cap. So half the league right now is looking at what we're looking at and we're riding on that bubble. How would you like to be the Saints right now that are currently 65 million over the cap? You just you're looking at a bunch of these teams and, and trying to figure out like how are they going to function? Yes. So as as hard as it is for us looking at this saying we're five million in the hole currently, there are ways to to massage that and go to some veterans and see if they're willing to take some restructures and add some years on the back end of their contracts and all this kind of stuff. Or there's, there's other rumors about who might get cut. Like there's a whole lot of stuff that can happen here on the spiking side. But what this really means is that half the league right now is dealing with what we're exactly talking about. And I think um, where we are, yeah, it's unfortunate that that you currently are are having to tap dance like this, but at the same point, we've never been a team that's gone out and made huge free agent splash moves at least recently. So this isn't something new. This is something that for the last year, they've been trying to figure out ways to make this happen. And yeah, sometimes the process is a lot tougher than others, but I got a feeling um, coming up here in at least the next six weeks between now and the draft, I think there's going to be a lot of tough decisions. There's going to be some additions and um, hopefully for, for our sake, we'll see some of these, uh, position gaps that we've been talking about now for at least the last month, month and a half that need to be help filled um, that we'll be able to go out and find some, some players that are willing to take some of those uh, contracts, at least even if they're just on the short term and uh, help us out for the upcoming 2021 season. And then hopefully uh, and after the 2021 season is done, salary cap will increase and we'll be able to have a little bit more relief. But yeah, this year is going to be one of those things like, you finally looked at the credit card and said, man, we got to do some belt tightening here at home. This is kind of the way uh, it looks like it's going to be this year. So 
um, it'll be really interesting to see kind of the magic wand that they wave over this whole thing in, in order to make it work for us. Well, pretty much what you're saying, Jay, is most of the other teams in the NFL are way more screwed than we are. <laughs> All I'm saying is half the teams, at least half the teams are tap dancing, if not worse. And um, I'm, I'm more than anything, I, I have faith in the fact that how many times over the last decade have we sat there and said, how are they making this happen? You know, what did they do to sign this big name player with this big contract? Like, how are they doing this? And that is what you hear from the local media, from, from national people. I have friends of mine who I get texts from every time we make a signing going, how are we affording these people? And my honest answer is I, you know, I just send them back like the Shia LaBeouf Saturday Night Live thing where just is magic. And it's, you know, it's magic to us because we're not in the middle of it, but for, for people like Rob Brzezinski and his staff, you know, this is their job. And that is why they are, they are, as good as they are is because they eat, sleep, and breathe this stuff. And um, this isn't just a pay attention for six weeks kind of a thing for them. It is a 365-day-a-year job that they work on. So it's always always great to see the professionals do what they do, and now it's time for us to sit back and, and kind of watch the magic happen. It's really funny, Jay, because when you see Rob Brzezinski around the TCO Performance Center and he's just smiling and he says, hey, how's it going, Chris, or how's it going, Jay? Hey, how's it going, Gabe? seems like he doesn't have much stress on his mind at all. And for that to be the case, and he's dealing with looking at what the salary gap is going to be in 2025 uh, with COVID going on right now. I don't know how he does it, but I am very – it's it's unbelievable. <laughs> he's, he's, he's the duck of the Minnesota Vikings where everything looks calm above the water, but underneath everything's moving as fast as possible. So it's just like that's that's got to be how they operate and how they function. But, again, it's it, – it's always interesting just to watch the process play out. And I think that that is the big biggest thing for this year is be patient and watch the process play out. Almost like if you look at the stock market nowadays, Jay, <laughs> that's another topic that we won't get <laughs> on this podcast, but um, Gabe, you had an opportunity to sit down with Vikings general manager, Rick Spielman uh, after his press conference on Wednesday. Um, but why don't you give us a little preview of what you guys spoke about? It was pretty much talking about how, what do you, how do you balance free agency and the draft with like understanding that the salary cap isn't going to be the way, the way we want it to be. And he gave some unique perspectives. Um, I mean, we talked about the decision about releasing Kyle Rudolph and you can tell it was, I mean, it was all business, right. But at the same time, Rick didn't want to make that decision. He, he's like, you know, like I, I stay up at night knowing that I have to make this decision as a GM, but you know, this is what you have to do in this business. So it was really cool hearing his perspective. And then we talked a little bit about his brother um, being in the front office for the Detroit Lions. I mean, Rick is, this is his 10th year as the GM. Well, 10th off season. This is his 10th off season as the GM for the Minnesota Vikings, but his first off season with his brother being in the same division as him. So I was like, Hey, like, have you guys blocked each other's numbers yet? Like, how does that work out? So he has some, a unique perspective and it, it was, it was really cool to talk to him. I mean, he's literally right after the interview, he was like, hey, I'm hopping on a plane because I have to be at a pro day in like less than X amount of hours. So it was it was unique to be able to get his perspective and Vikings fans be on the lookout for it. Yeah, absolutely. Gabe's been crushing uh, the interviews this offseason with all of the coaching changes going on and obviously everything that's going on around um, the TCO Performance Center. Props to Gabe on that stuff. It's been really awesome to watch. Um, and with that, we go from discussing one Gabe interview to a big-time interview that Gabe got this week. Um, it's former Viking safety Hussein Abdullah, and I think this kind of wraps up our Black History Month content. I know it's March 3rd, March 4th at this point, um, but let's kind of wrap this up 
with an awesome interview uh, with Gabe and Hussein Abdullah. Hussein Abdullah, former Viking safety and seven-year NFL retired vet, joins me today for a one-on-one virtually here inside the TCO studios. And Hussein, thanks for joining. Uh, for starters, I don't want to put any age on you, but does it feel like 13 years have passed by since you were signing your undrafted free agent contract with the Vikings? Oh, uh, wow. Uh, <laughs> uh, number one, thank you for having me. And this is uh, exciting to just... Uh, be able to have this conversation and uh, be back with the Vikings. Um, and it doesn't seem like 13 years, and then it does in, in, a, in a weird way. Well, in 2008, you signed your undrafted free agent contract with the Vikings. Um, you spent four years with the Vikings. Your first year, you led the special teams and tackles with 24 tackles. Fast forward to your last year with the Vikings, you were the starting free safety. Business mm-hmm, happens mm-hmm. in between, right? We see the jerseys in the back, the Vikings, Chiefs. Uh-huh. You signed with the Chiefs. Yep. You take a break in between the Vikings and the Chiefs to go to the Hodge by choice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fast forward to now, when you when you look back, would you take a break again like that in the prime of your career and why? Um, absolutely. Um, given the, the circumstances, uh, you know, part of that grind was my first two years on the Vikings was a special team, right? Teamer mm-hmm. and whatever the team needed. Uh, had a lot of fun on special teams. Um, and then the next two years as a starter was more demanding, right? Uh, now going in, playing, and unfortunately, um, I got hit with the concussion bug, right? Going there and make some tackles, uh, uh, part of the game. Uh, and I was just in a space where, where it was just a lot of uncertainty, there was an unknown in regards to concussions at that time. And then even how do you treat it? What are the medical procedures? It was kind of like, uh, barely uh, formed, if you will. And so for me, uh, being a Muslim and, and holding on to my Islamic uh, strongly, I needed some guidance. And so uh, it was something that I always wanted to do as a kid. It was just the perfect storm, if you will, for me to uh, go for Hajj and go to Mecca and really go on that spiritual uh, life purpose uh, journey in 2012. And how did that, you know, that life purpose journey of going to the Hajj and the Mecca help you at the Kansas City Chiefs? Uh, it, it really it really grounded me. I think coming out of Washington State, uh, small, small college, mm-hmm. uh, even though we're in the Pac-12 now, but still small college, Pullman, Washington. And coming into the NFL, there's just a lot more, a lot more media, a lot more attention, a lot more uh, demand to perform. And so... You know, so years are just kind of stressful, just trying mm-hmm. to figure everything out and just how do I fit in the grand scheme of everything. And so uh, after going to Hodge and then coming back to the NFL, it, everything was just a little bit more relaxed. Mm-hmm. It was like, hey, go out there, focus, play a game. It's a game. There's bigger things in life than uh, just a football game. There's more purpose to life. And so um kind of use the NFL for for what it is. It's a, it's a great uh, opportunity. It's a lifelong dream, but it's also a vehicle to be able to inspire more, to do more, to, um, you know, it's sports, right? Mm-hmm. Sport, the magic of sports is we have an opportunity to um, speak about different that we care about um, and just to promote overall goodness. So uh, it helped me a lot in just calming down, if you will. And I mean, if we rewind back to when you were with the Vikings, um, you were practicing, you were, it was the month of Ramadan while you were going mm-hmm. through training camp. And the, the mental 
I mean, physical toll that takes while trying to keep your body up to par uh, with being a professional athlete like that. That had to be uh, something that 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 shouldn't go under uh, like unnoticed. Right. It's miraculous, quite frankly, like me today, as you said, Hussein, do you want to go do, you know, go do two a days or three a days um, uh, without food or drink? I'd be like, nah, this. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you're in the top, you know, one percent of the athletes who attempt to play uh, football. And so Mm -hmm. it's very demanding. And, you know, there's there's no there's no, you know, uh, uh, special situations or handouts or anything like that. It's like it's time to perform. And so um, we built a schedule and it really was just more of a spiritual grind, even though it's mm-hmm. physically taxing. Again, there's, it was nothing short of a miracle just being in that spiritual state um, to be able to still perform. Being in that spiritual state, how did you, you know, stay locked in on, you know, being a professional athlete also? Because the spiritual part is the most important aspect, the reason why you do what you do, but you still got to be able to provide while playing football. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's being smart, um, <laughs> knowing when to when to step on the gas and when to go all out, and knowing when um, knowing when to just play your position and not try to do too much. Uh, if you go back and look at any of those clips where I'm fasting, wasn't too much celebrating, <laughs> wasn't too much expending any extra energy. It was, just, it was just really being smart because I know that you know I have my duty to 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 God first. Um, and then I have my duty to my kids and, and to the Vikings organization. And so I have to make sure that um, that I'm doing my part. Now, I mean, we see the NFL being more progressive and, you know, understanding the players wise. I mean, we've come a long way since 2008, right? Yeah, no, you got to give credit where credit is due. The NFL has done uh, an amazing job in terms of leaps and bounds from me coming in 2008 and my brother coming in in 2005 Mm -hmm. uh, to where we're at today. Is there still more left desired uh, for active players, retired players? Um, Absolutely. But give credit where credit is due that, um, like you said, understanding the why the NFL is moving in the right direction. And understanding that why we were talking off camera, the the, how important sports is in bringing this world together. How important is listening though? How are you going to understand someone if you're, you're just assuming you know what they need? Uh, you know, people come from all different walks of life, um, all different sorts of experiences. Uh, people have different purposes in terms of what keeps them going, right? You see a lot of players who are you know, they they made it to the grand stage, but they still need help. Mm-hmm. And so um, to be able to just listen, that can begin the understanding process, which begin the healing process, which now you have all of these amazing human beings can go out there and affect society in a positive way. And with all that said, with the NFL taking steps of, you know, being more proactive, what can they what can the NFL continue to do, in your opinion, that can continue that process? Uh, One of the things I I think is really there's a lot of wealth in um, in retired players. And like we still have guys, you know, living amongst us who played in the 60s. Mm. Right. I I mean, we have a, a wealth of knowledge to where not only to be able to. Uh, groom the next generation of uh, players, but and then to go out and affect their communities, whether it's their former universities, former high schools, just local organizations. Like we have, we have leaders. You know, we have we have leaders who 
need to understand how to uh, uh, shift their skill sets, right? Accountability and showing up on time for practice, the same thing as being accountability in the in the boardroom, right? Mm-hmm. As an executive or whatever it may be. And so just helping guys transition and to redefine that purpose to make sure their identity is intact. Um, I think the NFL really deep diving and really working with those um, former players, man, I think we can do some some great things. For sure. I think the next question Vikings fans will want to know, how can we support you? Is there anything that you have going on that uh, that you want to raise awareness about? For me, I'm always looking to be purposeful. I'm joining in at uh, just different organizations wherever wherever I can uh, jump in. Um, uh, God will coming up in the fall. I'm going to be an adjunct professor uh, for the first time. It's not all the way uh, fully official yet. So, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, God willing, I'm going to be um, teaching diversity and inclusion in sports uh, at, at a major university. And then since I live out here in Dallas now, uh, looking to get involved more with the, with the Cowboys organization and just, uh, just tying former players with active players and going to affect communities in, in a positive way, I think is just, it's just a necessity. And so um, however I can be a benefit, uh, I'd like to be a benefit. So whatever uh, Viking fans would like to uh, send my way, uh, if there are some synergies and we can collaborate, I'd love to do so. Hussein Abdullah, I appreciate it, man. Best of luck going forward. All right, thank you. I appreciate you all. Awesome for Gabe to catch up with Hussein Abdullah. I think it's just a crazy journey that that he went on, um, being an undrafted free agent in 2008 for the Vikings, as you heard, and then obviously having a, a few years career with the Vikings at, at the safety position, and then what he was able to do with the Kansas City Chiefs, um, and obviously uh, going through kind of the things off the field, which is always what stands out to me um, in some of these interviews. So really good job with that, Gabe. Uh, definitely a, a cool guy to catch up with, to say the least. Amazing opportunity to talk to him. I think the the NFL is trying to understand and listen to the players' wise now, so it was great to be able to talk to another young guy about the, the shift in the NFL and why listening and why understanding the why is important, no matter the race, no matter the religion, no matter the sport. I mean, listening and hearing and and having a conversation is what's important to bringing this world together. So it was a great time talking to him and using the sports platform to be able to do so. I, I can keep going back to that Warren Moon conversation that you had. That one really resonated with me because um, he was a big time favorite of my dad's at the quarterback position. So that was really cool that that you had that conversation as well. Really good stuff. Um, I think that's about that. That has to do it for this episode of the Minnesota Vikings podcast. We covered the departure of Kyle Rudolph. We talked about the big press conference for Vikings general manager, Rick Spielman, and Gabe caught up with Hussein Abdullah, which was really awesome um, to hear. So guys, do you have any final thoughts uh, before we get out of here? I'll start with you, Jay. Uh, one of the biggest things uh, I think fans should be paying attention to right now, and there's a, a, some buzz that is coming from it. Um, check out Lindsay Young's Getting Open series that She's been pushing uh, this week's guests are linebacker Eric Hendricks and his fiance Allie Courtnall, uh, talking about their journeys uh, working with mental health as well. So do everything you can to just pay attention because for the next uh, six to eight weeks or so, Lindsay's going to have a series of, of interviews that she's got. And, and the stuff that's been coming out and the interviews she's been doing have been awesome. It's been also great to see the, the reaction that people have had towards this series 
And uh, hopefully uh, people are willing to take a second and listen and just support um, not only these people that are talking about, but think about it for themselves too and how it can potentially affect them or the loved ones that, that they are with. So um, yeah, check it out whether it's um, on the long form piece that she's working on or check out the MVP Minnesota Vikings podcast feeds and all of your uh, audio feeds. Um, We should have those posted for you on a weekly basis. And um, it's a great work by Lindsay. So good job to everybody who's involved. Yeah, I know we uh, were able to post a few of those interviews so far with Eric Kendricks and Jalen Holmes. Um, Stay tuned for those to be posted on this very podcast channel. And of course, Lindsay will be joining us next week on the Minnesota Vikings podcast to kind of discuss what it's been like going through this and how she got the idea to to even do this kind of stuff. It's really, really important. And what better people um, to discuss this kind of stuff with than the big burly football players who who are out on the field playing every day. They, They go through exactly um, what we are all going through, especially uh, when you're going through a pandemic, that kind of adds to to just about every part of the mental health issues that are going on in society today. So really, really good job by Lindsay um, being open and 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 ready to, to kind of do this kind of work. It, it's really awesome stuff. Um, from that, let's go to Gabe. Do you have any final thoughts? I had to talk football now after having no, I, I, I threw you right into it. I, I didn't know. <laughs> How else do we segue from that's tough to follow. Um <laughs> those are really, really good points. Um but lighten it up for us, Gabe, all right? I, I guess I guess if we can shift a little bit back to the football side, um, <laughs> it is less than two weeks until free agency. So of course, so I know you say so you're a big free agent guy, off-season guy, understand like trying to learn the news and nuances that go with all of that. So there is exciting times coming up for, for Vikings Nation. So, guys, just stay tuned to Vikings.com. And Corso, Jay, myself, Lindsey, Eric, we're going to have fun giving you guys content. That's for sure. I mean, the free agency time, like Gabe said, is always one of my favorite times of the year. Um, normally, it's been a time for the Vikings to make big-time acquisitions and um, bring back guys like Kyle Rudolph and Anthony Barr and – Um, It might be a little bit different this year just with everything that we talked about in the show, but um, stay tuned to Vikings.com. The Vikings free agent tracker is coming back. Uh, It'll it'll be on the website in a few days to kind of show you guys who's going to be here and there, uh, who's signing with other teams, who the Vikings have resigned, who's a restricted free agent and unrestricted free agent. Uh, The franchise tag, just about everything is covered on there um, by the whole crew here at the Vikings entertainment network. Um, make sure you stay tuned to all of our platforms, YouTube, Connected TV, social media platforms uh, for all the news coming up here. It's always a fun time. And uh, yeah, like I said, Lindsay will be joining us next week on episode number 83 of the Minnesota Vikings podcast. I'm really excited for that to talk through um, just a really important topic as we discussed before. So um, until then, enjoy your weekend and we will see you next week.